When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Nathan, guess what I got to drive this week? I think it has something to do with the picture that's behind me, which is a beautiful blue Lamborghini. I did. I got to drive the brand new Huracan STO. And this edition of TFL Talk, I'm going to be telling you all about what it was like to drive a Lamborghini on the track. Yes, but there's more. Yeah, we're going to be talking about, you know, last time we got together, we talked about the most annoying new car trends. Well, today we're going to be talking about the most annoying Driver pet peeves. In other words, things that as a drive you drive us or you crazy. Yep. And prepare your mother-in-laws because I have a feeling some of them are involved. <laughs> yes, mother-in-laws will be mentioned in this episode. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so guess what, dude? I got to go uh, to L.A. Uh, and test drive the new Huracan STO. And that stands for something in Italian, Abrogato. That's the O. Super Tatarata Abrogato. Yes, Abrogato homologated. So basically, it's a race car for the road. And you know how they say it's more fun to drive a slow car fast than a fast car slow? Yeah, I hear that a lot. Yeah, it's terrifying to drive a fast car fast. (laughs) So Lamborghini was a very gracious host. Mm -hmm. Uh, They flew me out uh, and they... Guess what they picked me up in? What do you think they picked me up in at the airport? Uh, Lamborghini? Yeah, which one? Oh, Urus. Very good. Yes, of course. Well, of course. I mean, that's uh, what else are you going to put your luggage I, in? Dude, I felt like such a rock star. All these like beautiful people in L.A. are being picked up in like Suburbans and, uh, and also towns. <laughs> exactly. All of a sudden. Yeah. You were wearing sunglasses? Oh, it was crazy, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I have my sunglasses on. Yeah. Like this matte gray uh, Urus shows up. But get this, it had lime green, kind of like your phone if you show them. Kind of like those color but green accents. Can you imagine that? This like matte color with these super bright, like, you know, the lips were like done up. Like like, like yeah. a movie star with her lips done up. It was crazy. Crazy, crazy. Every once in a while, we go above and beyond what a normal passenger car is. And we get some really nice treatment from companies. And... This is one of those moments, and I am envious, but at the same time, I'm very happy that Roman got a chance to do this. It made him feel younger for once. So, yeah, I got to uh, go to Big Willow. You've been there. Oh, yeah. Which is one of the older tracks in America, and I have to say, one of the more terrifying tracks in America. It's a high-speed track. It's a, it's a high-speed track, and it has elevation changes. People don't realize that. It does. It does. And uh, the picture over your shoulder is when I showed up. So, uh, they picked me up from the hotel in the morning in another Urus, mm-hmm. and then we drove out, uh, and it's about an hour and a half outside of L.A. Right. In the desert. Um, uh, and I get there, and I have my own car with my own helmet with my own sign. It was it was like, and behind it, you can't see it in the picture, but there was a little like uh, like a patio set with an umbrella, 
mm-hmm. uh, set up with like people bringing me drinks. It was I, I, I felt like I was I don't know Tiger Woods test driving a vehicle or somebody you know somebody famous. Did you have a videographer with you? No, me. Oh, just you. That was. It's great because it's like you go out and, and it's something big like this, but you can't. It's really hard for us to shoot solo when we go to on these. Oh, it's events. very hard. Really. Oh, this was really, this was really, really the hard. hardest thing I had to do in a long time because this was definitely set up for print journalists. You know how many yeah. people there were? How many? How many tr- three. Three. Huh? So yeah, this the, Nathan. This was the most stressful trip I have been on probably in the last three years because. For one thing, I don't pretend to be a race car driver. Mm-hmm. You know, None of us do. No. So Paul, who used to be the Stig on Top Gear USA, mm-hmm. is our race car driver. And he was at the Circuit of Americas, so he could not go. He was bummed out. Yeah. So they got me. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. But I don't pretend to be a race car driver. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the most terrifying thing about driving a fast car fast on a fast racetrack is you do not want to go off the track. Not because you're going to hurt yourself, because there are other journalists there that will immediately immediately take pictures of you and those pictures will make their way to Jalopnik or Autoblog or NBC and ABC News. Anywhere, you know, within two and a half minutes of you going off the track. And guess what I did? Huh. I you went off the track. track. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I went off the track. I'll really? tell you about that later. Yeah, okay. Um, well, for one thing, uh, there, there's something for, the, for those of you who haven't been to this track that you should know. Uh, it's been used with uh, other um, video companies like us have yeah. used it. Oh, yeah. If you go to, like, watch what? Motor Top Gear USA used Edmonds, it. Yeah, you, that's the racetrack they all use. Yeah, it's a good track for filming if you have a crew. If you don't, it's really difficult to place cameras and do things because you're a one-man band. But on top of that, you also have to deal with the fact that you're in the middle of a desert. And it's a very fast track. And you don't want to be walking around that track while you're trying to do stuff. So so um, I'll tell you about the car, but let me tell you first about the experience. Um, Jordan, thank you very much for the invite. It was, I think, you know, you, I felt like I was being treated like, you know, a superstar, high-level exec. You know, well, you my, have my the name, hair for it. So my, my name on the helmet, my name on the sign. Yeah, it's, it's, it was pretty cool. It was, it was pretty cool. But, but uh, you know, we're not there to live the lifestyle of driving fast cars around a track. We're there to get video. And as a video opportunity, it was very difficult because basically we had no time. So we get there and immediately, of course, there literally there were three journalists and probably 25 between the Lamborghini people uh, and the track people, you know, and the driving instructors, you mm-hmm. know, there were five times as many other people. And yeah. two of the people that were there, which is also kind of pressure-inducing was the CTO, or I should say the chief engineer for the car, uh-huh. uh, and the CEO of Lamborghini North America. Yeah, that would be a little embarrassing to go off a track in front of them. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You got it. So, so you know, we get there, uh, and uh, let me give you some numbers on this car, just so you understand what this car is, okay? I, I, I wrote down some notes here. And, I'll, and while I'll re- you're looking up those notes, I'm going to go off the thing and say that, you know, in the same vein as the Superleggera and some of the other vehicles that are out there from Lamborghini, this one is a rear-drive version of the car, so it's not all-wheel drive, which is better for speed, um, not necessarily for handling, uh, but, you know, makes it lighter and, you know, much faster. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. No yeah. doubt. So, so you know, there are different versions of the Huracan, and this is the one. Uh, they have a racing team that races. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's won, I think, like the last three years in a row. And this is basically the street car version of the race car. So I'll give you some numbers. Okay? Yeah, go for it. Max power, 640 horsepower. That's not bad. 565 pound-foot of torque. Uh-huh. Uh, dry weight. And this is all European, of course. It is Lamborghini. Uh, 1,339 kilograms. Multiply that by 2.2. And you yeah, which so it's, it's less than three. Thousand pounds. Yes, yes. Zero to 100 kpm. Uh, kpm. Uh, how fast? 
Zero to 100? Oh, it's uh, zero to 60. 50 kilometers? Yeah, so I'm that's 61 miles an hour, yeah. Uh, 3.5. Uh, three. Three? Mm-hmm. Three. Okay, that's uh, And zero to 200, how fast do you think? Kilometers? kilometers. Uh, I'm going to say seven. Um, nine seconds. Okay. Uh, max speed, 310 kilometers. Okay, so that's over 200 miles per hour. Yes, of course. Uh, maximum, this is cool, maximum downforce, 420 uh, kilograms, uh, and then uh, z- zero, t- uh, 100 to a zero, I think it's 30 meters, and 200 to a zero. 30 meters? Yeah, 30 meters, MT. Jeez, yeah. that's fast. That's that's breaking, right? That's their breaking distance. Well, so what, but what you're... 100 to a zero, uh, it's 30 meters. That's the length that's of That's really good. And then 200 to zero stopping is 110 meters. But what you're not conveying, and I think what a lot of people need to know, is that this is a race car. So even though some of the numbers, you know that there are cars out there. Oh, wait a minute. There's another one that can go 0 to 60 in 2.3 seconds. Yes. But in terms of something that can go lap after lap after lap on a track and do it quickly and have the suspension set up. And that's really what this is about, too. Yeah. Suspension. So let me kind of put it in the Lamborghini family of cars. Yeah. Um, So there's the Huracan GT3 Evo. That's the pure race car. That's the one they race. Uh, On the track, it will do... um, uh, I think this is their test track because it's this this track is shorter. It'll do uh, one forty six forty, so that's how long that's how fast we'll go around the track. Okay, that that, right? that that doesn't help you. Nope. But the the kind of the road car that can also go on the racetrack, which is the Huracan Performante, uh-huh. right? The performance version of yeah, the Huracan. Right? That one will do it in one fifty one. So basically, the race car is one forty six. The a Huracan Performante is 151, and the Huracan STO is right in the middle, 148. So it's two seconds slower than the race car, but it's three seconds quicker than the Performante. So that that's kind of where it fits in the scheme of the Huracan family. Now, three seconds may not sound like much, but if you're looking at a race, oh, it's a, it's a look at yeah, look at the yeah. end of a Formula One race and count the amount of seconds between one car and another, and you'll realize it just it's, it's a massive distance. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the way that the day worked was. Uh, we got to do, I believe it was four sessions of four laps apiece, mm-hmm. and it was a lead follow situation. So they're, they're like, the first one will go slow to let you kind of get um, just the lay of the track. Mm-hmm. And I've been on the track, so I knew the track. You kind of start out, you go up, and then you come around. Yeah. And then there's that uh, very last turn, which is this very long right turn. And then mm-hmm. what's terrifying is at the very end of it, it's got this little kink. And that's mm-hmm. where. Yep. People go off before you get to the straightaway. They try to maintain the speed. They don't see the king coming, and then boom, they're off the track. So that's that's, and you're doing like probably in probably a eighty to hundred miles an hour around that last turn, right. and then you're doing like a hundred and fifty down the straightaway at the end of the street. Yeah, you fly. And yeah. It's also going downhill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's another thing. So, so we get in the car. I'm like, okay, the first four laps will be easy. But you know, race car drivers, Nathan. Yeah, they're they're all over the place. They probably ride on your butt too, right? No, he's in front of me. So no, you're there's to nobody be, behind you, right? You're supposed okay, to keep okay. up. So it's a lead follow. So I didn't follow. know if it was three or four cars. No, no, just lead. me. It was all very personal. Okay, so lead so follow. You and one guy. So Brandon, right. who's great. Thank you, dude. You rocked. Uh, but being a race car driver, there was no like, we'll get the lay of the land. There was like full on, like you know, first lap, we are hitting it hard and now i am terrified dude there is nothing more terrifying than taking a you know a, a basically a race car because it has you know the race car seats the entire body is made of carbon fiber it opens up like a race car you have to have a special key to open up the bonnet right, right. um it's on race, bridgestone race car tires right so they're pretty much they're street legal but they're pretty much race car yeah, t- right. race car tires uh and uh yeah and then there's three modes so the first mode is just like street mode. Uh, then there's one called Trofeo mode, and then there was one called Pagia. It's it, it's rain mode. So, um, 
basically in the in the regular mode it shifts for you, mm-hmm. which you know is good because when you're learning a track and you're going around at 150 miles an hour, you don't necessarily need to worry about like yeah, the, hitting the paddle shifters, hitting the, and yeah. being being in, being in the right gear. But man, you know Brandon just took off right away, and I'm you know you gotta try to keep up with the guy, right? Yeah. And then there are two other journalists on the track at the same time doing the same thing, and so you don't want to be like the guy who's like going slow, and then the guy other journalists get behind you. That's and, what I was right exactly, about. Yeah. yeah, and that bugs the hell out of me. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we are flying around this track, and what makes it like you know there's, there's like there's like the shallow end there's a deep end and when you throw somebody into a race car for the road who doesn't race you are beyond the deep end right <laughs> yeah. two-wheel drive mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you you know th- th- this is you know like very scary stuff uh and i was trying to keep up and the problem is like with a regular car if you start to push it you kind of figure out where the limit is very quickly mm-hmm. right because a regular car will give you plenty of warning before you lose control right you're going to hear the wheels start to make some noise and then you know the brakes are going to heat up and all these things are going to start happening when you realize i'm going too far by the way this car one of the cool things on it it's got a little gauge that shows you not only the temperature of the brakes of course carbon ceramic mm-hmm. uh, but and then they're color coded so it's like green red you know when they get red but also uh, a color for the brake fluid Really? Yeah. So That's you, cool. So you, so you know when you're like heating. heating. When you're just overdoing yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It. yeah. yeah. So, you know, so now we're, you know, rear-wheel drive, which is also, and, and, and when you're in a high-performance car like that, the way that those cars work is that there's, there's a limit, but the way it lets you know that you've exceeded the limit is by going off the track. There's no warning. It's like, it's like, great, great, great. No, pfft, right? you're done. Yeah. yeah. You're spinning. I mean, right? It doesn't, it, there's just very little, uh, communication before you're like past the limit now this is for basically a novice for me yeah yeah Yeah, if if you're a pro you you can probably read the signs i've known roman for 11 years now and i've seen you on the track you are pretty quick in general but i would say that you're at a you know an amateur sec level i agree i'm not a race car yeah and none of us are no um so before we go into when you spun off yeah i I need to ask you a question (laughs) quickly quickly i can i get over my head very quickly yeah uh, need to ask you a question. Yeah. How much is this car worth? Uh, about three hundred k. Three hundred thousand dollars. Okay, now tell if you, me if you can get one, which you can't. Yeah, is it your weight? <laughs> okay, well that's even better. So we're not going to get one here. No. Um, now tell me about what happened when you went off. Well, so me, how, how did it lead up to? And all? So 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 you know first four laps, and I, at this point I'm also trying to do a video, right? Mm-hmm. So they they what they did was they made the car so light uh, to make it perform as much as possible that they made a very light windshield. So they're like, you can put the camera anywhere, but don't put it on the windscreen, which is a, exact place where we where always we want to put it right so now i'm in the car like i can't put on the windscreen because it'll like crack it right uh so i finally figured out that they had these little carbon fiber air conditioning vents so i was able to stick it on there so i'm trying to do you know and, and i could not I, I literally could not do my video while we were doing the hot lap because i was concentrating so hard and so terrified i was that i did not want to crash this thing that i did my little talking spiel on a cool down lap that was the only time and, yeah. and usually it's funny. Usually, like when we bring the video back and I give it to our videographers, they're like, "It's crazy, dude! You were going fast, but this video you can't tell." And Matt was like, "You were going fast." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, 150 is fast." Yeah, yeah. And and a car like that starts to scream and yell and, and oh, it's yell, loud. Yeah, it's loud uh, because they take out a lot of the things that would be normal in a car, like sound dampening. They remove a lot of that to make it even lighter. So like so like Brandon's like, okay, so we pull over uh, and then I'm like f- trying to figure out where. So you, you, you with, I have one GoPro, right? Mm-hmm. So. Now 
now I have the inside stuff, but then I want to get the outside stuff. So I'm like, where can I put this where it's not going to fly off at 150 miles an hour right. and, and damage the car, right? You do not want that yeah. GoPro going, boom. And all we're using are suction cups, so there's no like. Yeah, they're, they're rated at like 120 miles per hour, I think. I, I don't know what, yeah. Some I, of them are. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So I was like worried about that before we went on my transition. And like my lead driver, who's great, comes up to me and he goes, you got to put it in Trofeo mode. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The car will, st- so the car is really cool. It does a whole bunch of things. Uh, so first, thank God, uh, it has this giant wing on the back, mm-hmm. right? And you can dial in three different positions on the wing. And what happens is you can go from like 300 kilograms of downforce to 420 kilograms. So obviously the less downforce you have, the faster you go in the, the straight. The faster you go to straight, but the slower you go around a corner. Of course. Uh, so luckily they had that thing dialed down to 420 kilograms of downforce. Uh, and it also changes, shifts the, it's a mid-engine car, but it also shifts kind of center of gravity, mm-hmm. right? The more downforce it changes, it's like adding weight to the car. Yeah, you're adding more weight to the rear end. Yeah, and um, so the more, yeah. it changes it from like more in the middle to more in the back or in the front. So that was good. It also has rear wheel steering. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So when you put in Trofeo mode, uh, it not only gives you more, you know, like precise, fast speed rear wheel steering, uh-huh. but it also is like, yeah, you're also giving a lot of the nannies, right? Oh, so, so you're basically shutting off traction control and, and all the other control. stuff. And, well, yeah, you're not complete, but you know, basically, you're like, you're like, okay, and he goes, you don't want that. You want the thing, you know, and it gets, it, it also changes the suspension, so mm-hmm. it has uh, like magnetic suspension, so right. so it stiffens it up, makes it, you know, much more race car worthy. So you're as close to a race car. As you could get in that at that way. point, yeah. yeah so okay, the gotcha. second lap, I've got the I've got the camera on the outside to get the outside shots. Yeah. I'm terrified it's going to come flying and hit that you know carbon fiber wing. And by the way, the whole thing's carbon fiber, uh, and you know do like fifty thousand dollars worth of damage. And now this guy's like, okay, now I'm going to turn up the wick, and I'm like, great. And he goes, oh, also in Trofeo mode, you get to do your own shifting, which is what you want to do. So now I'm like, you know, trying to shift the car uh-huh. and trying to keep it on track, trying to keep up with him, uh, and I am sweating bullets, dude, because on the straightaway, I just turned my mirror so I could actually see my camera because. It was kind of on the outside of my windshield. Right, to make sure it was still there. <laughs> still there. <laughs> I this, like, like vision of my head of like this camera going flying back behind me, taking out the rear wing and the car that was coming up my ass. Yeah. <laughs> we we've lost a lot of cameras, and so this is he has a reason to be paranoid about this, I said, I think. Yeah, and I asked myself, Are you okay, Dale? Yeah, we've got the track for the whole day. You can do the camera thing. Wow. And normally if you were to do this, if you were, you know, like doing that's why I said this was not very video friendly, uh-huh. you would have some kind of a safety leash on the camera. Yeah, exactly. That that's 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 the best way to go, having two or three section cups on the thing. But nonetheless, you still haven't really told me about so, going so, off the track and so, so, embarrassing so, yourself. So, uh, so we get to the second session. The camera stays on. Now I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to feel a little bit more comfortable in the car. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we do one more session, and this one I actually uh, got to do a little bit of talking on because I figured I could put the camera on the inside and be able to talk and not worry about it flying off. And then they sprung something on me. Mm. This is where it got ugly. <laughs> they, they, they gave me a different car that was set up to do full trajectory. So now, um, now it's it's like it's like when race car drivers need to know like you know where they need to go quicker or where they're losing time. This car does. Oh, you lost your picture. Yeah. This car does complete trajectory. So it, it you know it tracks the engine, it tracks your braking moments, it tracks the entrance speed, your exit speed, the corners. Decide everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and then like and afterwards we'll sit down with you and we'll show you know I'm like oh. Fudge. Yeah, I, I bet. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure now that they've got the trajectory. And we'll, and then they then they have, like, we have the lap that the race car driver did, and we'll compare it to your lap. Oh, <laughs> there's nothing better than that. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. 
So I, I get in the car uh, and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta represent TFL. I'm yeah. thinking like, I'm thinking, I'm trying to channel my inner Paul, uh, you know. And uh, the it's a different car, a different tires. You know, it's it, it, you it's the same you, car, but it's it, a, but you weren't used to this setup. That's uh, the point. Uh, right? and, and, and to be honest, Nathan. Um, the car has a very low roof line, and I've got this weird body. I'm not going to blame the car for it, but it's me. I've got this long, weird body, and I don't fit in the car. So you know, you know how I drive normally, right? Yeah, I do. Straight, uh, straight upright, right? My yeah, you and I are very similar with that. We sit almost bolt upright. Right. So at this in this car, the only way I could fit with the helmet, which is a big helmet, right? Yeah. Is like I'm laying down. So and I'm driving. Which is ideal me, for race car drivers, by the way. To it's be like dead. this. Yeah. 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 Which is a weird position if you're not used to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to have a slight bend in your elbows to be to be. A so you, you weren't really comfortable. You were in a car that wasn't quite. It wasn't the same, and, and, it, and it was. It was. I think it was. Well. It was looser. Yeah. Uh, so, and what I mean by looser, it was just um, a little bit more like happy on the track. Yeah, tail so, happy. Ha yeah. So you had to catch it. So I go around the first turn. I'm all good. I'm trying to keep up with him. Then you kind of go up the hill, uh -huh. and then there's a slow turn, and then you start to build speed, build speed, and you kind of go through a chicane, and then you get right before you get to the uh, back straight. Uh, I, I completely, you know, messed that turn up and I come around the turn and then instead of going, you know, on the track, I went with two wheels off the track. <laughs> so now I'm like half on the track, half, half off, off the, the track, track, doing like 120 miles an hour. <laughs> and I'm like, like, like a rooster tail of dirt behind me. Yeah, I'm yeah. so embarrassed. So was it dirt or was it gravel? It was like gravelly dirt kind okay. of, kind well, of stuff. And then when they, sho when they showed me the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the telemetry from that part of my lap, they said, that was a, a butt pucker moment. I'm like, yes, yeah. Yeah, that was. And luckily, before the end of the track, I was able to get it back on the track. Uh, Did you pull off right after that? Or? No, no, we yeah, just kept, kept going. going. Yeah, usually when you go off, they kind of make you. Four, usually, if you do all four wheels, they'll, they'll pull you off almost all the time, especially at track days. But if you go off two wheels and if they, they deem it safe, they'll let you keep going. That, that, that's like the rules for a lot of track day places. So they probably were following the same type of rules for what you guys yeah. are doing. So, so I, I, did anybody I, wipe out other than you? Nobody wiped out. I was, I, I was, I think I was the only guy who actually went two wheels off. So, Great. Uh, but it was, you know, you, you forget how fast. A, like 120 miles is how much velocity you have until you lose grip and you're like, you know, almost going sideways. You're a passenger as opposed yeah. to a pilot. Yeah. yeah, that's, you know, uh, we had a similar moment over at um, High Plains Raceway. They yeah. had that long straight. And a lot of those cars can get up to well over 100 miles per hour, even crappy ones. And one of the guys, not one of our guys, went flying off that at about 120 miles per hour. And he put his car on the side and then rolled it over to the roof. And it was unfortunate because that car was not built for the track. And it was a, it was a big debacle. And, you know, the reality is, is that if it's not built for racing and you're doing 120, you try to make a turn and you go off, you're in trouble. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're taking your life into your own hands. So my driving impressions aren't embargoed, so I can tell you. Uh, you know, I've been lucky. I can't talk about the Porsche. I just drove the Porsche, the new 2022 GTS. Not on the track, but that on the road. is a very pretty car. It is a pretty car. It, it also competes with this in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, maybe a GT3 would be a more Porsche GT3 would be a more proper. I think track wise, it would compete yeah. directly with it. Uh, but I can't talk about that one. But we did have a McLaren 720S here, mm -hmm. uh, and my thing with the 720S was on the road. It feels like a like a high strung racehorse, right? It's it's just it just it doesn't come into its own until you're actually on the track and you're pushing it. That's mm -hmm. when you can really see, and and so it, it feels kind of twitchy and nervous on the road. You're McLaren, it's the McLaren. Style. Yeah, the McLaren. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This one didn't. You know, I was only. I didn't drive it on the road, so I can't. Talk, I can't speak to what it was on the road. But on the track, 
even at slow speeds, it didn't have that kind of like, I want to go as fast as possible. Uh, so it might be a little bit less um, <sighs> brutal. Uh, but the interesting thing about it is it is so loud, Nathan. It is. It sounds like, it literally sounds like you're standing next to like an old, uh, like, Civil War machine gun when yeah. it, when it's like right it, it, it was so loud I tried to do a TikTok with it it was so loud that it blew uh, the thing on my phone where it automatically you know turns it down and then you right. because it was that loud and the, and the crazy part about it is and this is what I love about Lamborghini right on a lot of tracks now there are uh, limits to how loud a car can be mm-hmm. and this car definitely exceeds those limits yeah so you've got a you got a like a race car for the road that really on the track in some places especially like Laguna Seca you may not be able to even take on the track and if you take this thing on the road your your neighbors will definitely know you've bought a a, a Huracan STO there will be no there's no like quiet mode I mean this thing is you know it started you started up and it's like you know it's like a, a, a cacophony a chorus of Harleys um, I want to give some people some subtext uh, going back a long ways with Roman and Lamborghini um, you are looking or listening to, not me, the other guy, who ha- got to ride in a car with Balboni. Valentino, now, yeah. Valentino Balboni. Now, I met him too, but not as cool as he did, because Roman got to drive the Lamborghini with That was Balboni. the old Gallardo. That was, that was, before, that was back that was before, before the Huracan. That was the Gallardo. Yeah. But... That's how far back I would say TFL goes with at the factory. I got to drive it at the yep. factory, yeah, and and on on backcountry roads and all that. So if you take that into account, we do have some history with Lamborghini. As a matter of fact, other than one opportunity in the past eleven years, as far as I know, no Ferrari. No, no, no. no. So even though we had a relationship with FCA and all that, they never brought us into a Ferrari. You know, Alfa Romeo and stuff like that's pretty cool, but. Um, so, so that's an interesting so thing. I'll, I'll tell that story. So uh, I was uh, in Europe uh, as part of a Volkswagen trip, and Volkswagen, of course, owns Lamborghini. Indeed. And so they said, we've got a very special treat for you, and we were in Italy, and they put us uh, into some cars, and we showed up at the Lamborghini factory, and there were like six Lamborghinis for us, because there were six of them. They said, pick whichever one you want. Yes. Uh, and Lamborghini doesn't have a test track like Ferrari, so at that time, and then still today, they do it around the factory, mm-hmm. right? And, and they put an RS6 in front of us, Audi also owned by Volkswagen, RS6 behind us, and we were doing like, I would say like 150K around these roads that are, you know, like 75, 80K, right? Yeah, maybe, they're, they're the regular roads. Regular, they're two-lane, you know, regular little country Italian roads. So then they gave us a factory tour, and I'm doing the factory tour, and I noticed this guy standing in the corner, I recognized him, your man, Valentino Bamboni. They made a Gallardo with his... Well, we, we didn't mention... The Bamboni. He is their... Maine, and I think recently retired test driver. Yeah, he was. He, 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 he's test driven every Lamborghini he, he, leading he, up to today. He knew Lamborghini himself, I think. Yeah. Oh, oh he, yeah, he knew the old man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm like, hey, will you give me a ride? He goes, no problem. I'll give you a ride. So uh, <laughs> we, jump, we jump in uh, a Gallardo, and dude, I'm usually not like, we'll get to pet peeves, but I usually don't say anything, but I was scared. Mm-hmm. We weren't doing 150, we were doing like 250. <laughs> we, we were passing cars. Like they are going backwards, not standing still. Like they're going backwards. Yeah, right? time actually went backwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so you know, I've got my foot in the carpet so far. You know, like your mom does, right? <laughs> Freaking like, hey, out. Yeah. Hey, uh, Valentino, do you mind uh, slowing down? I'm a little scared. And he looked at me, goes, uh, "You don't tell me what to slow down." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> and then he like slams on the brakes, right? And my eyes pop out, and I'm like, "Hey, thank you, thank you, thank you." And he's like, "No, no, look that." And I looked, and it was a speeding camera. Uh-huh. And he knew exactly where all the cameras were, and then we were right back on it. Yep. 
And a lot of the locals are fully aware of this. It's a very Italian thing where they're just cool with it. And as far as I know, there's never been any major incidents. But um, so, I, so that that kind of started TFL's relationship with Lamborghini. It did, yeah. yeah. That was the first time we really had a, like a cool experience with Lamborghini. And you know, they're I want to say they sold. If I remember, I, I have it in my notes here. I don't want to speak out of term, but it's the number of cars they sold is in the thousands, not in the tens of thousands. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, and most of those are actually the Urus, right? The Urus, which, which for those of you who don't know, is their uh, crossover SUV. Uh, here, here, you, you want to hear it? Here, here's a little TikTok I did. Okay, okay we, well, we, well, you, can, you can hear it going. You know, we were talking about what it sounds like. The brand new Lamborghini Huracan STO is a race car for the tracks. So what does it sound like going down the straightaway? There you go. Okay, that sounded cool even from here, and that, that was on his phone. And that sounded like a that sounded like a Formula One car. It's yeah. an older Formula One, one car. car. Yeah, yeah not the yeah. V6s, but uh, yeah, that sounded really cool. Um, so that's a really cool thing. We actually have a little bit of a relationship with Lamborghini. We had an Urus here. Um, I'm hoping next time we get one, we can have it for longer, so we can do some real tests with it. But the bottom line is that company is producing fantasy vehicles, and not many people are really building those anymore. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 still you know just a handful. So if I think you know I don't want to speak out of turn with Ferrari, but Ferrari has now become a little bit more mainstream. Dare I say it? You know, they're coming out with like all these different vehicles. Like like they came out with a you know an all wheel drive four seater, right? That's yeah. Well, and, and so does Lamborghini. Right, but Lam- but. Ferrari tried to hedge their bets and make it into a sports car, whereas Lamborghini went and did it. Full uh, crossover Right, SUV. right, right. Um, and Ferrari uh, is, I hear they are coming out with an SUV very soon. They are, yeah, that's, that's and, also the... And there's a, you know, they're going towards electric, and they've already built the hybrid and all that. And, you know, they, unfortunately, Ferrari has no more manuals. Neither does Lamborghini. Lamborghini doesn't. Out of all the major sports car makers out there, Porsche is the last one to still build a manual transmission, I yeah. believe. And, and here's the crazy thing. Um, like... Uh, manual 911, and you pick anyone you want compared to the PDK, is almost a second slower to 60. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I, I talked to Paul about that. but yeah. And Paul, who is you know, former Stig, so let's just say he has a lot of experience. Um, I think he would agree with me, and he normally does, that it's more fun to drive a manual transmission. And that's what it boils down to for me, the reason I love manuals, because that's a little bit that, more fun. That is a big, you know... Never-ending discussion in the Porsche world, PDK or 7-speed. But I got to drive both for the yeah. GTS, but I can't talk about it until yeah, yeah, no, the 22nd. So we'll save that for another podcast. Bait and switch, guys. He's just baiting you to watch that No, video. no, no. Yeah, we, yeah, I was yeah. on the International Launch, and then, like, the, 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 for some reason, maybe because they sell more from here, we got the car first in America. Mm-hmm. So uh, the PR— Before the Europeans? Yeah. The, That's the crazy. Journalist, the journalist. So oh. the, the, the PR team was worried that if I start talking about it, there'll be some Italian journalists who'll get pissed off that I was talking about out of turn. We so. certainly don't want to make any enemies out there amongst our European friends. We love you. All right, let's move on though, because I got to tell you one more thing. Okay, one more thing. So, so um, guess how much, how many? I'm, I'm going to give you a hint. How many seconds I was slower than like the race car driver? And this is on a, a lap. On a lap, and, and keep in mind that this is a you know like a minute some lap. It's not that you know. It's not. So, it's not a long track. It's a fast. It's a fast track, but it's not like it takes you like a minute. You know, and some change to go around it. Okay, I'm going to say how much slower do you think? Five seconds. Seven. 
Seven seconds slower. <laughs> wow. So that's not, you know what, though? That's not too bad, Roman. I mean, you, you don't give you, you don't fit in the car particularly well, and you're, you know, you're, you're goofy about that, but you're, you're at the same time, you're relative. I've seen you on the track. You're fast. Um, I mean, not as fast as me, but I mean, you're fit. No, just kidding. Um, but being able to get around a track and not kill yourself driving a vehicle that has that much power is difficult in itself. And I guarantee you guys, a lot of you out there who are watching The Fast and the Furious, which is basically a comic book or anything like that, if you actually go to a drive day and get into a car, even your own car, and you take it around a track, you will understand what it is to sweat, especially if it's your own money that's on the line. Or your own life. Or your own life. Um, so I, it's interesting to the, see the, how the, that went. The best thing about that car is it does have rev matching. So when you're downshifting. Oh, you, so it blips. Yeah, it blips oh, the throttle. So, so you feel like even if you get the wrong gear, it's like. Ring, ring, right? I you're, love yeah. that. Yeah, it's, you know, Nissan had that. And I believe the new Z is going to have that as well. And by the way, it is a V10, Nathan. So it's Lamborghini's V10. V10. That's on, and it's under the hood. So not a V12, huh? No, V10 Ooh. in the Huracan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 5.2 liter, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Should we move on, though? Because this kind of feeds into pet peeves. Yeah, let's talk about our pet peeves. So can I start with the first one? Well, well, let's tell everybody what it is. Okay, so pet peeves are uh, things that, as a driver, you hate when either passengers or you dislike or you find annoying or other people in other cars around you do. Right. And, guys, we know that you will have a million things to add to this, so please... In the comments below, add your pet peeves. I'm dying to see them. All right, so let, let me start with Farah. mine. And it happened to me the other day. I had the new Genesis, uh, and someone I, that will remain nameless went to get their stuff out of the back, and then instead of put it, pushing the button mm-hmm. uh, to close the tailgate, they use their muscle. And you know what happens then, right, when it's powered? Yeah. It's like it fights you. It's like, Yeah, you can actually hear the little electric motor fighting you, going, and, you know, as you pull down on it. And that's... Any vehicle, almost every vehicle out there that has a hatch of some sort, even some trunked uh, vehicles, have an electric option to close. And that, I know some of them are slow and you get annoyed. I do too. But when you grab it and pull it up or pull it down, it it doesn't sound like it's very happy. No, it feels like you're doing damage to that little motor. I don't know if you are, but it certainly sounds like you are. I'm pretty sure they test it to make sure that impatient people like me and other people that you know uh, are uh, don't damage it. And too then much. I think also most people don't know that there's two buttons there, right? There's right. one that closes it, and then there's one that closes it and locks it. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, I think most people get confused by that. They're why are there two buttons? And well, and not all cars have this. It's just a particular. Right. Yeah. So that's another thing. Uh, can I can I tell you mine? Yeah, please. All right. And this has to do with Colorado, actually, to a certain degree. Tailgaters, oh. but tailgaters that when you pull out of their lane, let's say you're in the fast lane. I always believe that you use the left lane for passing. That's a whole different thing. Um, but when you move out of their way, they don't move. Oh. They've been on your butt. You think they want to go. You pull over to let them go, and they sit there. And it makes no sense to me, and it just makes me boil. Yeah. So I wanted to throw that one out there. It wasn't one that I was going to use until I remembered how much I hate it, you especially know, driving the car I'm driving. You know what that reminds me of? It's a yeah. very Colorado problem because you need to have a canyon and you need to have like a two-lane road. I guess it's not that Colorado, but it certainly is very uh, common here. So we just did a video where we 
decided to find out, you know, how much it costs to fill up like our little smart, I mean, our little uh, mini EV uh-huh. versus our old Honda Insight versus the uh, little, little moped. Yeah, yeah. So we dro- we drove and rode from here to Estes Park, which is, you know, the road. It's kind of oh, a yeah. Road. yeah. It's a nice road. Yeah. And uh, uh, let's just say that uh, the only car that could actually keep up with the speed limit was a mini, right? The Honda, when it ran out of battery, was pretty slow up the up the mountain. Yeah. Uh, and the little uh, Trail 125, which Case was riding, right? That was... <laughs> And Case is one of the lighter people here at TFL, so he probably pushed that thing and, and there are places where you can, you know, go in the slow lane. Uh, and let then people pass. Let people pass, which we did, of course. And the, but then you get through those places, and you got to stay on the road, and it's, I think, 55. And we were, at best, doing, like, 50. Mm-hmm. Right? That was as much as we could do. But I hate when you're in the canyon, and you're obviously creating a traffic jam. Why don't people just pull over? So we, I think we pulled over at least a half a dozen times. Mm-hmm. To let pe- it's not that hard. It doesn't cost that much time. I think it's a law that you have to pull over if you have more than X amount of cars behind you. I think it's like between four and five cars. But most people won't do it. I, I, I oh, can't tell I you know. How I many know. times I've been driving up to Canyon and there's somebody in an RV putting along at like 10, 20 miles below the speed limit, and there's a perfectly good pullover. And they won't use it. Yeah, when they don't use the, sh- especially if they can keep maintaining the momentum. That's usually why they don't want to pull over because they don't want to lose what little momentum they have. But there are spots where you could pull over and keep chugging and let a lot of people pass you before you come back in. And it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't bother paying attention to it. So let's same go thing, on. Same thing happens going up uh, on the uh, road where it goes to two lanes up to. Um, Loveland Pass. So mm-hmm. not from the I-70 side, but from the Keystone side, I think there are three areas where it goes to two lanes. And I can't tell you how many times like somebody will stay in the fast lane right. and not... That, that's just... I mean, that's what it's meant for. Those are like, if you're going slow, you pull over and then people can safely pass you. And I'm not talking about like being crazy fast. I'm just, if you're going 20 miles below the speed limit, just pull over. Yeah. Pull off to the right. The other thing is that left lanes are usually designated in most states as a passing lane. Hence... We call it the fast lane. And I think people just don't look in the rearview mirror or they're just... They just don't care. And or some they don't people, care. Or maybe, maybe they get off. Maybe Some people enjoy. are... Spi- oh, I've been with some people who are spiteful. They'll go in, they'll go exactly the speed limit, and they'll be like, eh-heh. Oh, well, here, here's another good one. Yeah. And they've done studies on this. Like, did you know that if you're like at Target or someplace, right, and you're pulling in and you're looking for a parking space, uh, and uh, somebody's pulling out and you want their space, if there's you waiting for that person that person will go slower they've studied this the person pulling out of the space will actually take more time if there's somebody waiting for the space than if there's nobody waiting for it that's because human beings generally are crappy people and i you know i can actually i see that in my mind and remember the times usually i don't unless someone's being a jerk i won't go slow i'll try to go fast i'll try to buckle up quickly and get out of their way quickly that's my mentality however every once in a while when i see somebody like you know banging on their steering wheel or being a real jerk or whatever, I will take my time. Now, this goes to uh, something else, passenger comfort. Because when they get in the vehicle, how often do they find the carpet super plush that they have to shove their foot down in order to indicate that they're hitting the brakes for you? Oh, I hate that. Or they hold on to an oh crap handle with such might that they might tear it off? You feel like as a driver, they don't trust you. And I believe you told me that your mom, this is crazy, actually grabs the back of your seat. Oh, she does the worst thing. If she, if she, she's always sitting behind me, and she has this thing where she'll, like, grab the back of my seat because she likes to stretch her back or something, and then she grabs my shoulders. And there's nothing more terrifying when you're driving, and all of a sudden somebody grabs your shoulders <laughs> from behind. You're like, oh, my God, what the hell is that? You think there's, like, you know, like two crabs crawling up your back. 
Uh, th- that is, has got to be unnerving. Um, I'm, I'm going to add to that by people pulling on your seatbelt from behind, sometimes accidentally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's also kind of really I've, I've had that happen to me um, to where I freaked out and nearly crashed. Um, but the carpet one is a really good one. It's actually one of our um, uh, camera people brought it up, and it's absolutely true. When you have certain people sitting next to you and they feel that you should have hit a brake, they will actually push down onto your carpet or onto your pad or whatever and with their foot as if they're braking for you because they somehow subliminally want to get it to your mind that you should have hit the brake or you will be hitting like the Like I brake. was doing with uh, Valentino there. I was braking for <laughs> You were braking for But I was doing like 250K. Yeah, there's so. a little bit. It's a different yeah, story we're, we're not there. We're doing 65. It's funny. Know. There's actual uh, old video evidence of this uh, drive happening too. It's, it's out there on TFL Car. From uh, nine eight years ago, nine years ago, yeah, it was a while ago. Wow. So, so the other one that just happened to me, which also drives me crazy, is I was so I'm driving uh, down a two lane uh, road here in Boulder, two way, mm-hmm. you know, four actually it's four lane, uh, and I was going to pull into the bank, but unbeknownst to me, Nathan, uh, they were paving the parking lot. Mm-hmm. So I go to pull in, and the entrance to the parking lot is roped off, so I can't pull in, so I'm slowing down. And while all this is happening, the person behind me is so impatient that they not only go around me, but they squeeze in between the car next to me and almost sideswipe me. And the person who's my passenger is like, what the hell are you doing? Watch out. And I'm like, what do you mean what am I doing? You know, when you get blamed as a driver for the other guy's, you know, inconsistent or dangerous or idiotic behavior like somehow that is my fault that i yep. almost got sideswiped because this butt wipe couldn't wait a second you know for me to get back in my lane and had to go around me and there's nothing i could do there's literally nothing i could do that leads to another point which is part of your point they basically said look out after the fact oh yeah Am I oh, after, oh, completely after the fact and then so, they blame me for it like yeah. Like what I'm, this is my, you know, I'm just trying to pull into the parking lot. That's like slipping on ice, falling on the ground and having the person next to you say, look out. Instead of saying, are you okay? Or something like that. And I got to tell you, a lot of people do that. It's the same thing when you're in a vehicle and something's about to hit you and then it misses you, just like you were saying. And then someone goes, oh my God, look out. Or what are you doing? Or whatever. Yeah, they blame, blame, you. They blame you for somebody else's like, like, you know, bad driving. Or they're warning you after the fact. Oh, here's the other thing that reminds me. My mom does. She does this all the time. Like when, you know, there, there are times when you're driving where like something happens, like a car will like slam on their brakes, you know, or you'll have to pass somebody and it's not the cleanest of passes, right? Yeah. Every time my mom is in the car with me and that happens, right, she'll like completely like overreact. Like, you know, like maybe, she, you know, the, the situation may call for holy cow, but she'll be like, oh my God. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're like, we did not die, mom. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know the, that the, one. The car in front of me just swerved to avoid a squirrel. <laughs> It's okay. It's not. It's just you know normal driving. People avoid squirrels all the time. There's another one that is very different, but also uh, elderly people. Not that I'm saying your mom's elderly, but she, a lot of people elderly. are are, are uh, older who do this, and I'm getting older and I'm doing it too. Leaving your turn signals on, oh god, or not using them at all. And I have an interesting point, and I actually made this to my daughter when she was learning to drive because she wasn't doing it enough, and it was really ticking me off. And I said, listen, a turn signal is one of the few ways you can communicate with other drivers telling them what you intend to do. They may not listen. 
They may not care, but if you use the signal, the turn signal, you are communicating your intentions, right? Yeah. It's the only way to do it. I think Seinfeld has a routine on that. He called uh, like Florida, sh- like the perpetual left. <laughs> yeah, but well, then that's the thing. Um, Being an the other all the part, time. Yeah. It's really, con- you know, when you're on the road and you're trying to be a nice guy and some, some guy is kind of going slow in the other lane, you want to let him in because you're going to be nice. Left signal's on or right signal's on. And you slow down and, okay, it's, come all on in. All come right. on. But, and but, they but don't come in. To be fair, okay. Um, uh, th- when I go home off of one of my roads, I make a left turn, but you don't turn hard enough left. It's not to a full to left kill the to kill the signal. And I found that a lot of new cars now, they're messing with a lot of things, including like the noise that the turn signal makes. Mm-hmm. So some cars, they've tried to become like uber luxurious where it's like this, like, right, right. It's not like a do-do, It's just like, and if you've got your radio on and you're not paying attention, it's easy to to miss that the turn signal is still on, or, or I'm getting old. It could be both. I think it's both, but um, I wish they would use like a snare drum sound because I want to hear it. I want to hear my signal going bang, bang, bang. You know, be, it's not just but for there's me. There's like a loud click, almost like a clicker, right? Well, I want to hear it so I know to shut it off. That's yeah. the other thing. I've been in vehicles, old ones that we've had in the past here at TFL that have no sound, and there's a solenoid you can replace in some cases, but in other cases, it just doesn't make any sound or enough of a sound, and sure enough, I've had my signal on for half an hour, I recall just recently on a trip we did, which is coming up very soon, um, Andre had to radio me while I was in the vehicle that I was driving and say, Nathan, you need to shut off your signal. And he was, normally Andre's a very happy guy, but I think I really ticked him off because I think it was on for like a half an hour. Now, there's somebody here, uh, and I'm not going to mention it, Andre, <laughs> who uh, does a pet peeve for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is every time I get in the vehicle after he's driven it, he's got the, uh, the, 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 the dashboard light all the way as maximum as it, it's, it's like sitting in a car at night with a neon light shining in your eyes. You notice that? It's oh yeah, always, he, he wants to melt your retina. It's, it's a Russian thing, I guess. I yeah. don't know. Like, I don't know what Andre's doing. It's all the way up. I do bright, but I always keep it like a, a one or two things down. But he he goes bright. But you know what else he does? It's like it's like being on stage. <laughs> <laughs> he likes it. It reminds him of old Russian discotheque. Um, the other thing he does is that he leans the seat back in such a way that it feels like you're at a you know. You a can always tell when Andre's office. been in. He, he, he does. He does a race car driver, which is why I call him a pimp because he rides. He drives like one. He goes all the way back. He's, he's, he's like, I got my arm in front. All of me. the way, yeah, he's yeah. got his arm way out yeah. there in front. Yeah. And the thing is that Andre and Roman, they're not that different in terms of their build. They're both very tall and they got legs and everything else. I'm stubby, so when I get into the car, all of a sudden I feel like I'm a kid that can't reach the pedals, and at the same time I'm laying down. And it's just like uh, this is this feels like a checkup more than a drive. Um, and it's kind of funny because Andre feels the same way about me when he gets in the car after I've driven it. He's like, I can't get, what, what, why, what's wrong with you? You know, right. here's another one. Some people do this. Mm. How about in the middle of the summer, you get in a hot car yeah. uh, and you turn on the air conditioner and then some people will open the window, which is fine. Yeah. But blow then, out the hot air. Yeah. But then they don't close it. Oh, so running they, the air conditioner with so, the windows so, so either they forget or somehow... It, 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 there's some OCD thing in me where if I'm sitting in that car for more than like you know a minute after we've been driving and mm-hmm. the air is on full and the windows open, it just I'm, I'm like, dude, pick one. See, you didn't. You should have grown up in Southern California where I did because yeah. if you live in the San Fernando Valley, which is the armpit of hell, uh, you get you know there's smog and there's hot air and there's some moisture and all these other things. So what you want to do. In the at the summer nights when you're a kid, especially if you have an air conditioner that works, you open that window because you got to see people and they got to hear you, and you run the air conditioner too, so you're cool. 
Yeah, that I like. I get running. This is. I think. Let me let me rephrase this. So yeah. I, I get you know running an air conditioner when you've got a convertible and it's hot outside, uh-huh. right? But this is like you get in the car. It's uncomfortably hot. So let's say it's like ninety five or you're in Texas and it's humid, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know you've got the air conditioner going. Where the air conditioner is obviously the right choice. Right. So now basically. You're not cooling the inside of the car as much as you are humidifying and heating the Oh, I see what you're saying. So what you're saying is that under certain circumstances, you really need to keep the windows closed. Closed, yeah, because what's the get, point of it? Yeah, recirculate that cold air, make it colder right, and colder yeah. and colder. I totally get that. Um, yeah. you know, you know what? When you're like sweaty and hot, and then like, yeah, sure, the car is 120, but after the first 30 seconds of having the windows open, it's going to be ambient temperature. Well, that's why there's what I call the fart button in Chevy trucks. <laughs> okay, which is uh, what's that? You, you know what I'm talking about? We did it before. You hit this one button and it lowers all the windows at once, <laughs> and uh, that when you're driving immediately shoves out the hot air. Then you lift all the windows up. You hit the AC, and you are cool really fast. It's the best way to cool a vehicle. All right. right. How about this one? You're you're driving along. You got a passenger. Uh You're rocking out to, in your case, I don't know, like Metallica, right? That would be a heavy metal or punk rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ozzy, maybe. Oh, yeah. And and then the passenger reaches over and puts on a different channel without without asking. That, whoa, (laughs) that is a major foul. That's a red flag. Okay. You 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 are out of the game. You, as the driver, have the say-so in terms of the music. Yeah. Even on a road trip, because it keeps you awake and it keeps you so, engaged. So there are these unwritten rules, right? Yes. And that's one of them. As a driver, you know, you control the radio. You are the master because, of the radio. Because you are doing the hard work. Uh, to, yeah, the other yeah. person is just relaxing. Yeah. So you should have the comfort of picking the station that they makes don't you... don't com- have to navigate anymore. Right. That makes you, like, you know, comfortable. And, right. Because you're doing the hard work. It's, you know what it's like? It's like the, there's this unwritten rule on airplanes, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're on an airplane and there's three seats... Okay, so three seats, right? Yeah. So window, middle, aisle. So the window seat gets to control the shade. Yes. That's their that's their job. That's their perk. The aisle seat gets to control when they go to the bathroom, right? Right. And because they get that privilege and the window seat gets the window shade privilege, the middle seat gets the armrest. That's those that's the unwritten rule. So shade, armrest, you know, bathroom. Okay. Um I'm I'm not as on board with this one because there's been times where I'm just I'm a big guy yeah. and I do take up an armrest or two. I'm, I'm saying that's the rule. Though. Okay, okay, fair that enough. Is, I, I, is, I get it. I don't. That's the okay. rule. But with a car, it's a different story because this is more than a rule. This is like a an edict. This is a religious requirement. <laughs> this is this is you're, everything. You are There's like, litigation that happens if you do not obey this, and it's happened to me. It's happened to me with my kids. It's happened to me with my wife. It's happened to me with my siblings. And every time, you know, I'll, I'll grab their hand or something, I'll you know, snarl at them. It doesn't seem to work. They don't seem to get it, especially on road trips. That's the worst part. If I'm rocking out, I, am, I have all the right to not only rock out, but at the volume I decree. If I say I need to hear because I'm getting old and I need louder, fine. I think I think the etiquette there is if you're the passenger and you want to change the station, then you t- consult the driver. Well, yeah, talk to me. Talk you know, to the driver. Hey, say, I hey, I want to hear the news. Oh, all right, fine. You know. Yeah. But if you, without permission, reach in and reach grab- in and touch those buttons, then there should be an injection seat, uh, ejector seat. That's it. You know, pop them out of the car. So, and I know you guys agree with me. So I'm just right on that one. I think Roman is as well. Let's move on to another one, which I think is absolutely paramount. And Roman, I know you believe in this. Eating in a car should only be done in an emergency. In a, during, I like, think, I, I, unless you're on a road trip. A, a road trip. That's I'm talking about in general. Yeah. 
Uh, road trips are completely different, but I think that eating. Oh, what, I'm sorry, I didn't put the right. Eating in somebody else's. Oh, for sure, uh, you shouldn't eat in other people's. Cars. Yeah, uh, you know, if you just pull out chips on a sandwich without talking to the person who owns the car, I think that's a major foul. And it's happened to me before. And yes, there's been crumbs in the seat, and I can't stand that. Yeah, the other one that people fight about, and this is, I don't think there's any etiquette on this one yet, is mm. who gets the phone charger. If there's only one. That's the new question. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of cars out there now that do have more than one. Yeah, but usually even if it has two, let's face it, you don't have the cable for two. And mm-hmm. if it has a battery charger, chances are, you know, the, the wireless battery charger, yeah, then it they, only they, has one. Right. It, it, it only yeah. comes one. So, yeah, I would imagine normally it would be the driver. But default, or, or maybe, maybe it's whoever is like Google Mapping or you know Waze. That could be it. Maybe that's yeah. That's but that's going to be the new thing for kids. You know, Dad, there's not enough cords back here for me to plug in my phone and my whatever. All right. All right. Speaking of Google Maps and Waze, I have a pet peeve. All right. Uh, people who think that they know a faster route than Waze or Google, <laughs> and I'm not talking about. So I had this yeah. issue with with Tommy. We're taking uh, my 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 parents, his grandparents, out to dinner at this restaurant by Andre's house. Right. Famous Dave's Good Barbecue. Yeah, yeah. And there's two stuff. ways you can go. You can take like 36 from Boulder and then hang a left on 25. And right, right. right those are highway. highways. Yeah, right. But it's it's a long way. Or you can kind of cut the corner mm-hmm. and take Federal, which is you know a busy road with a lot of stoplights. Right. So Tommy's like, Google says you should take Federal, and I'm like, I know that it's longer. It takes like 10 minutes. But the sense of me not having to stop at stoplights is more important to me than the time I save. You see what I'm saying? So I'm not talking so, about that. So for me, like, I'd rather keep driving versus taking a quicker route that puts me in traffic. Stop and go traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But even, talking, if, even if the stop and go traffic is fast. So I'm not talking about that. I think that makes sense. Yeah. But I'm talking about, like, people who are like, no, 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 Google's wrong. I know a faster way. <laughs> and I've <laughs> met people like, like that. I'm like, I mean, I'm like, Google has real-time traffic information. Yeah, <laughs> How yeah. do you know what the you know traffic is going to happen a mile from here? I was with an automotive journalist. He will remain nameless. And he fancied himself not only a race car driver, which he wasn't. Oh, I hate that. But he also fancied himself faster than Google. And we were on this trip together. This is uh, long. This is actually before TFL. And uh, he tried to outsmart. Now, it was the older version. It was the first generation of the Google Maps in Audi. And he thought he would get there faster. And he knew this route. Wrong. We sat in traffic for an hour as opposed to getting there in 15 minutes. And I loved it. And I actually never rode with the guy again. Yeah? Yeah. Here's the other question. Yeah. Let's say, and this always happens to me, right? You've got the automotive... Uh, navigation, mm-hmm. and you've got the phone navigation. Oh, yeah. Which one do you trust? Well, it depends on the automotive navigation. Once again, Google works with certain cars. I'm not talking about like Apple CarPlay where you're using Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're using or, your or phone Apple, thing. Apple Maps. On the, right, I'm right. Talking about you're like, talking about the car's built-in exactly. navigation system. Because, because they will often disagree. Yes, and I've had that happen before, mm-hmm. um, actually more than once, where the phone and the onboard navigation are telling me two different routes to take yeah, to get to the it, same and location. and you don't know. You're like, uh... So I go with the time, you know, we all have our own favorites. Uh, some people like Google Maps. Some people like Waze. Some people like Apple Maps. Yep. So Apple likes Apple Maps. Apple they, likes They default Apple to it. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's a big question. Um, but that's one that has to remain unanswered. Uh, personally speaking, I've got three different apps on my phone. Yeah. So whichever one is not lost at the time and whichever one queues up quick, quickest is the one I use. I'm, I'm just impatient. I just want, I want my information right away. If the car is willing to go really quickly into telling me how to get to someplace, 
fine. But usually the phone wins because I can just ask the phone about a direction and they'll give it to me. And we used to do that all the time when we did our little tests. Remember that? Uh, when yeah. we go around yeah, and yeah. try to get yeah. the snarf sandwiches? Yeah. So the phone usually wins out for me. Yeah, me too. I think I trust uh, the phone more because I feel like you're tapping into like a supercomputer uh, versus whatever the car is using. Yes, but just remember the phone is following you home and it's giving the government all the information on you. And Absolutely they right. And know what type of hair product you use and everything else. And, and what barbecue you're like. Yep, that's right. Now everybody knows about it. All right, all right. A quick question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can change the voice and you can change the accent Yeah. Uh, in uh, the navigation. What's the best? Female Aussie. Uh, no, it, it's female British. <laughs> oh, female British. I like Aussie better. Yeah, my wife likes Aussie man because I think it reminds her. He's very her, sexy. Well, she likes Hugh Jackman. I know she does. And so <laughs> that's as close as she's going to get. And it's like, okay, I could deal with that. So I have this British girl and... It always sounds like she's going to end the sentence with Mr. Pond or something like kind of cool and sexy. And, and, and but, but here's what I've always wanted to do. Now, I know they do this with some apps. My wife has like Cookie Monster talking sometimes. I want Mr. T on one of these. Oh, that would be cool. A pity the fool who don't go right. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be awesome? And you just dated yourself. Uh, Mr. D, he's got a mohawk. Okay, forget it. <laughs> you just dated yourself. Anyway, yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I, you know, it, it, I guess the answer is whatever makes you the happiest. Wow, that works on so many levels. <laughs> that, that really does. All right, before we end this, I want to do one more thing, Nathan. We're almost uh, out of time again. Uh, and that is uh, we, 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 we got to, well, you got to drive a really interesting car that we never got in the fleet. So why don't you tell the backstory on how you happened to be driving around in a Mitsubishi Mirage, the cheapest car in America. The least expensive car you can buy here in the United States, right next to the Chevy Spark and also the Nissan Versa. It's, it's just below those. And it's also the most frugal, non-hybrid vehicle you can buy in the United States. So, so how'd, you, how'd you end up with one? <laughs> my wife got rear-ended. Um, <laughs> it's a family recall, show, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, well, why did that give her recall, a Mitsubishi? If you recall, just a couple months ago, my daughter got, uh, I know. Uh, got, got an accident too. driving my car. Uh, bear in mind that five years prior to that, or four years prior to that, my wife got uh, T-boned in uh, one of my cars. That's good. I was worried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't use the same thing again. But uh, the point is, is that, uh, yeah, we've had a, a really, it's been bad luck. Fortunately, her Mini, which is what she has, actually a pretty solid little car. Mm-hmm. It was just a rub on the bumper, but enough to take off some paint. So the company is going to pull the paint off uh, through insurance, paint off, pull the bumper off, replace the bumper, repaint it, and she's good to go. The rest of the structure is fine. Minor accident. But because of that, they gave me this vehicle. 78 horsepower, 74 pound-feet of torque, continuously variable transmission, which... What, 16K? I, uh, yeah, our, mine was, the one I have is a mid-level bottle, and it's about 16. And they range from a little, uh, just under 15, so 14 and change, all the way up to about 22, if you get like a fully loaded, clapped out one. But there are a couple things. Yeah, well, let me, let me just interject. Please. Like, we usually do not get these cars in the fleet. There's a very good reason. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm sure there is. But <laughs> well, usually, look, we usually should get like the most expensive the most top-of-the-line models in the press Usually the most powerful, too. And, and then, you know, when it comes to these very inexpensive cars, the manufacturers, I think, know that they can sell them without our reviews. Well, <laughs> to, to a lesser degree, yes. But also, I, I like I like the everyman cars. I like the cars that people, it's their first time buying a new car, and so they're excited about it. I grew up in an, in an environment that really, you know, perpetuated that. Um, so, this car, why won't it be in the Denver fleet? Simple. 
It, with the CVT and its 78 horsepower engine, up here above, a mile above sea level, it's putting out 60 something horsepower. That's not a lot for a car that weighs, you know, around a ton. It's so, just under a ton. So, what over. is your conclusion on the least expensive car in America? It, is there, it a, it's least. Buy it, lease it, sell it. Buy it. Release it, rent it, or forget it. I'd say rent it. It's a perfect rental car. Which it is. It, it, it is it Actually, it is a rental car. Uh, but it's a brand new you know, 2021 model. But there are a couple things that kind of made 14-inch wheels? The, the, the wheels are tiny. Yeah, and the, and <laughs> they're the tire, so skinny. I know. Like, like they're like, like the i3 tires. Yeah, they're like the i3. It, it's kind of like one of those fat mountain bikes. It's, the tires are about <laughs> as wide yeah. as those. Um, it, it's, it was comfortable enough for me to drive it. I didn't feel like I was cramped. Uh, I mean, it's a four-door. It has 47 cubic feet of space if you lay down the rear seats. And what's really important to me about a vehicle is the ability to plug in my phone and so I can listen to my music, which was great until I think I blew out one of the speakers. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that didn't, didn't take a lot. It was, it, was, it was, yeah, it was like, you know, hey, maximum volume. And then all of a sudden, something's kind of rattling. That, that's when you like, when you return it, you're like, hey, you know, I got in this car. That speaker was. Oh, yeah. Well, 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 they don't need to hear that. I'll just put it on the news station, which you never blare, right? So everything will be fine. There's something wrong with the speaker. This video will be out after that car has returned. So I think we're okay. And I'm not going to say the name of the company that rented us the car. But it, it, I, I get it, though. I get the, its reason for existing. I can, if I could not afford, you know, the cheapest uh, hybrid, and I really wanted to get good mileage, and I just needed an so appliance. So what is the time? What are you getting in real-world numbers? I got like 43 miles per gallon. Wow, that's... Um... Yeah, and that's driving from Denver to Boulder. That was my average. And I was going kind of slow, honestly, because there was traffic. But that car is rated over 40 miles per gallon. And if you get the manual, and there still is a manual five-speed available, it's a little bit less... But I would imagine that car probably handles a little bit better and goes zero to sixty a little faster than this one does up here. Uh, it's, if I'm being perfectly candid, it's a little tinny, Nathan. It is. When it's you shut that door, tinny. it's like bing. oh yeah. The car is built to a price, and I don't want to sit here and and poop all over the car because obviously it's a very cheap and expensive conveyance. However, I can say that that little one point, I think it's a one point two liter engine, three cylinder, it it does the job. And for those of you who don't care too much about actually enjoying the drive, it's a perfectly good for, city car. If you're looking for, you know, a vehicle that will get you from point A to point B. And no frills. Without, you know, having rain on your head. <laughs> yeah, it's better than a scooter. You know what I will say, though? I've driven, I've driven now all three of those cheapest cars, least, yeah. least expensive cars. The Chevy Spark is the best amongst them in terms of the feel and handling. And the Nissan Versa is probably the best for room and, con and convenience. The Versa was pretty bad. The I new mean, Versa? Not the old the old one. Oh, the old one. Sucked. The one that was 13000 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheapest this car newer America. one is Not the Note, more. the regular Versa. Yeah, yeah. This new one is much better. The new yeah. Nissan Versa, the one that Tommy yeah, uh, did. Yeah, it's much better, yeah. Much better car. So, yeah. you know, and, and yes, you know, CVTs all around and all that other stuff. But bottom line to me is that this car is perfectly good for like a college student who doesn't care about what the car looks like just needs to get from point A to point B to get to school. It's silver, and I will I will happily admit that it's very silver. <laughs> it's, it's extremely silver, <laughs> and it has hubcaps, real hubcaps, That's not it. fake ones, real hubcaps. And it is roomy. It, for a little tiny car, it's got it's about the same space. wheelbase as a mini. Yeah, it actually does. So uh, we have a video coming out featuring this vehicle and others in the very near future. So look for that. Then again, I just got out of uh, the Huracan STO. So. <laughs> you know, it's it's really hard for an auto. That's one of the things that automotive reviewers are very difficult. We hop out of a car that's seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars, and then we have to hop into a car that's you know like this. 
you have to cleanse your palate before you do it. And some of the people in our industry don't do it and just take a delight out of taking, you know, and banging on this little tiny car. But it's built for a purpose. And I think that for what it does, it's pretty good. So if you're listening to this uh, podcast, then um, the big news, of course, uh, in our truck world is that the new Tundra has been unveiled. Finally. Yeah. uh, And so if you head on over to TFL Truck uh, or you head on over to uh, TFL Talk, the video portion of this podcast, you and uh, Andre did a great uh, video going over everything that you want to know about the Tundra. Leading up to, yeah. Yeah. So we've got a ton of stuff out right now. Uh, So if you're big Toyota fans, check out TFL Truck, TFL Off-Road, where Andre goes over the TRD Pro. Or TFL Talk, where you guys spend an hour like deep diving and dissecting, dissecting or dissecting, dissecting, dissecting. Uh, you know what they did, and it's a big deal. You know, a new Tundra does not come along that often. <laughs> no, it's only been a few generations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so exciting. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it. We've got yeah. plenty of other content out there. But yep. if you want a shortcut, just get tfl-studios.com. It's our uh, one-shop stopping place where we have all of our videos, podcasts, and news. Uh, and you can save it to your phone yep. as an app, and you can stay on top of everything that's happening at TFL and the rest of the automotive world. Yeah, honestly, I can't keep track, so I have to use that app. I, I actually do. Yeah, it's cool. It refreshes, I think, every 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Because we're putting out probably way too much content. Well, that's what we've always done, isn't it? Yeah. All right, guys, <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the comments below, we'd love to hear your uh, automotive pet peeves. What do you hate as a driver? Yes. What drives you absolutely, you know what, crazy? Yes, and if you've had experience in a Lamborghini Huracan, let us know. Yeah, and if you think, you know, I should never be let near a race car again. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> and besides, you know, you know we, we, always, we always say it. We're not professional drivers. So for those of you out there, i got to say this one more time. We're like, dude, I can totally drive better. My grandma drives better. All right, fine. Let's see a video of your grandma doing it. I'd love to watch it. And I'll still say the same thing. We're regular guys. We're not professional race car drivers, which is why we have Paul. Yep, exactly. See you guys next time. Ciao. Bye. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.